The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $500 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com and the promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PixWise. PixWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props and parlays. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. And finally, are you the best better in the US? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free fantasy betting contest. Each week, there is a $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest. Just go to oddscrowd.com to sign up. That's oddscrowd.com to sign up now. You are listening to your Match Day 2 Champions League show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast. You can follow the Soccer Gambling Podcast on Twitter. That's at SGP Soccer. That's at SGP Soccer. Find my additional content. Check out my website, lockbetting.com. That's lockbetting.com. Coming off another strong weekend, strong winning weekend in the NFL we are now well on our way to that 100th month in a row of transparent track profit. That means I haven't had a single losing month in sports betting for over eight years. That's eight years and four months of straight tracked transparent profit for my clients over at lockbetting.com. Sign up on October the 1st to be a part of that 101st month. Now, I say October the 1st because Patreon will bill you for the entire month. Even if you sign up now here late in September, you will get billed for the entire month. So you may as well wait till October the 1st. That's for the top package. But if you just want to get additional podcasts, it's just $15 a month. And it may be worth paying those additional $15 to get the podcast we're putting out over the next three days, which will include Champions League match day one on Tuesday, but all of Tuesday's games... And then on Wednesday, all of Wednesday's games. And then on Thursday, a rundown of the Europa League, the key games from the Europa League. What we're doing here on this edition of the Champions League show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast is we are just looking at the key games where we look around and take a selection of fixtures and cover them. But every fixture over on lockbetting.com is covered for Tuesday and Wednesday. And then we do a key games exclusive show for the Europa League 
on Thursday. So it still may be worth signing up. But let's move on here with the Champions League key game show here on the Soccer Gambling Podcast here for match day two. We begin here with the clash between AC Milan at home to Atletico Madrid. This is an eight o'clock kickoff tonight in the UK, which is 3 p.m. Eastern time. Milan are the home underdogs here available at two to one. It's 11 to five here on the draw and it's 13 to eight here on Atletico Madrid. I think the wrong team is favoured here if you're looking at the form of these two teams coming into this game. I think that Milan have a very good chance of avoiding a defeat here. And I think that offers you some pretty decent value, even though it's at the price of 1-2, to two, minus 200. I just don't see Atletico Madrid coming into Milan and winning this game, given the recent form of the two sides. I also think this will be a low scoring affair and will go comfortably under the two and a half goal total here that's posted. AC Milan have kept a clean sheet in two of their last three home matches this season, whilst Atletico have failed to score in three of the last four matches. This isn't an irregular occurrence. There are many games where Atletico draw blanks because they cannot break down teams and they are too negative and decide to take the game by the scruff of the neck too late on. Um, the only team that Atletico have scored against in the last four games was Hatafe. And they actually currently sit bottom of the league with zero points from their first seven matches. So... I think Milan have a great chance of winning here. I think if they do win the game, it'll also be aided by them keeping a clean sheet because I think they'll win the game to nil if they end up winning it. So there's mega value on that if you want to take that at around about four to one. But my main lean here will be on under two and a half goals. I cannot see a massive shootout between these two sides. And that particular play here is available at four to six Minus 150 here for this game. Up next, we cover the game here between Dortmund and Sporting Lisbon. Now, this not this hasn't necessarily been picked out because it is a key game. It's one of the games that finds its way on here because I think I found myself a relatively strong play. Dortmund are available here at 1-3 to three to win this game. It's 4-1 to one on the draw. And it's 6-1 to one on Sporting. But what I'm interested in is Sporting with a plus 1.5 handicap. That means if Sporting can avoid a defeat here by two goals or more. So if they lost by just a single goal, you would end up cashing this play. Now, there's a lot of supporting data here, including Sporting Lisbon losing 5-1 to Ajax in their opener. The fact that Sporting have scored exactly one goal in each of their last five matches. Um, there's, there's lots of stuff to go against Sporting here. But the fact is, the injury report from Dortmund is horrific. And we don't even know if uh, Erling Haaland is going to make this game. He was supposed to play at the weekend and surprisingly just didn't appear in the team lineup because he was carrying an injury and his status for today remains questionable. Uh, I think even if he does come in, he won't perhaps be at 100%. Uh, Dortmund drew a blank at the weekend as well and Sporting need to defend a lot better after being thumped 5-1. And this is a team that come into this as the Portuguese champions and they did that off the back of their ability to defend well. So I do think they park the proverbial bus and perhaps 
Dortmund do break them down, but I don't think it will be a case of Dortmund winning comfortably here, especially with players missing. And I think we see a better sporting performance to the point where they at least avoid a two-goal defeat. So Sporting Lisbon plus 1.5 is available at 5-5-6, to to minus 120 here for this game. Up next, you see Liverpool travelling to Porto, which is usually a difficult place to go. But Liverpool are the favourites to win this game here at 10 to 11. It's 3 to 1 the draw, and it's 7 to 2 on Porto. I say usually a difficult place to go, but Liverpool haven't made Porto a particularly difficult place to go. Liverpool have actually scored more. Champions League goals against Porto, which is 11, than any other side during Klopp's reign. They have won 5-0 and 4-1 in their last two visits to the ground under Jurgen Klopp. So that's pretty strong supporting data. Liverpool have won four of the last five Champions League group stage away games as well. Um, The Liverpool side have also scored three goals in each of their last five games with Mo Salah being in decent form now he scored in his last five Liverpool appearances coming into this he's a automatic choice to me at the moment in fantasy I think it'll be an automatic choice all season so I actually like Liverpool here on the money line to get it done here and that one is available at 10 to 11 here in this game up next is the glamour tie of the round, the glamour possibly of the entire group stage. Um, obviously, it will repeat itself for match day six. I'll be going to that game between PSG and Manchester City, where Paris Saint-Germain are the home underdogs here in this one at 19 to 10. It's 13 to 5 the draw, and it's 5 to 4 on Manchester City. I remember saying I was surprised at the start of the competition when... PSG were such strong favourites to win that group. Well, that spun around immediately off the back of PSG dropping points away to Bruges and Manchester City winning their opener. Now I think it's too much of a flip with Man City being away favourites to win this game and now PSG being a big 6-4 to to win the group. Things can easily change here with PSG winning this game. Um I think the key thing is that Lionel Messi's missing, but Messi wasn't being particularly influential in the, in the couple of games that he played. In fact, it was more of a disruption. So we have the same PSG team that, that were here last year that lost to Manchester City in the semi-final stage. So perhaps that's the justification for Manchester City being the favourites here to win away to PSG. For me, I see a surprisingly cagey game and my lean for this game would be to take the under 3.5 goals so I'm betting against this game uh, finding four goals here uh, PSG have a bad record against Manchester City Man City are unbeaten against them uh, PSG have had two draws and three losses which includes last season's semi-final which City won home and away PSG have now lost three of their last four Champions League games but you'll have to include those two against Manchester City um, and prior to that they lost the second leg against Bayern and City have won six of their last seven scoring 24 and keeping five clean sheets. So I think that is my key reason here as to why this could be a tight game. PSG can defend in bigger games. They have shown the ability to do that. They come off, they come into this game off the back of a clean sheet 
at the weekend. Often they are overexposed when they are putting too many, too many men forward and they leave huge gaps when fullbacks are out of place. I mean, Hakimi's guilty of it in terms of leaving his right hand side very much exposed and uh, fullback, fullbacks push up too high and, and defenders push up too high. It can leave uh, gaps at the back and also uh, momentary lapses of concentration. I don't see that here. I think if Man City score, they'll be, have, they'll be made to work for the goal and uh, I just don't see a 2-2 or 3-3 or a, or a 3-1 game here. I think we see under three and a half goals and that one is available at 4-7 for this game. So that takes us out of Tuesday and we now move on to Wednesday and we'll begin here with a game in Manchester United's group between Atalanta and Young Boys. This is a 5.45 UK time kickoff tomorrow with Atalanta being the 1-2 to two home favourites to win that game. It's 19-5 the draw and it's 5-1 to one on Young Boys. I don't think Young Boys are going to build off their victory against Manchester United. I think Atalanta, though, will build off a decent away result against Villarreal. A 2-2 draw puts Atalanta in a strong position in this group. I think they'll win this game with the total going over two and a half goals. I think we'll see three goals in this game. Young boys have lost four of their six group stage games when they have made it to the Champions League. Atalanta now have lost only once across their last 10 group games. They have managed to regularly qualify from the group in recent years, but the visitors have seen both teams to score land in nine of their last 10 matches. So that, I think, could cash it again here. We saw young boys are a decent attacking outfit against Manchester United. I think they're capable of going away to Atalanta and scoring a goal. And even if they don't, they don't travel well and Atalanta will give the opportunity to score three goals themselves, which is why I'm taking the over two and a half goals here at a shorter price rather than adding the both teams to score. Up next, we go to Juve versus Chelsea, where it's 16-5 on Juventus. It's 12-5 the draw, and it's even money here on Chelsea. I think Chelsea here have a chance to establish dominance in the group and pick up the win, especially with the injury issues for Juve. But I think those injury issues, when you're looking at a Dybala missing this game and possibly Morata as well, I think that means that they'll have to set up a defensive wall to contain Chelsea. And Chelsea's tactics coming into games is to always set up a defensive wall. So despite the fact that Juve are an incredible run in Serie A where they've conceded for 18 games in a row, I do think this will be a low-scoring affair. I think they'll concede again, but I think it'll be Chelsea scoring the goal whilst um, I don't see much threat at the Chelsea. And without Morata and Dybala's creativity there, I don't know how Juventus are going to score here against the Chelsea side that have conceded just four times in the last 14 Champions League games and at the weekend conceded only one succeeded only their first goal of the season in the Premier League from open play and that was a deflected goal from Gabriel Jesus the Blues have seen under two and a half goals in all of their Champions League games under Thomas Tuchel in this competition and uh, the visitors have won eight of their last 12 Champions League group stage games I don't see how this ends the under run I love the under two and a half goals here at four to five in this game I was torn between making Chelsea on the money line because of the injuries my key selection but I also think the injuries play into the under two and a half goals here not only is it something that has regularly cashed under Thomas Tuchel but 
Juve are going to be a little bit more toothless without key attacking options. And therefore, again, that plays into the under. So a lot of supporting stuff there for the under. Therefore, that's what we'll take here for this game. Up next, we're looking here at Benfica versus Barcelona, where Benfica here are available as the 2-1 underdogs. It's 12-5 on the draw, and it's 5-4 on Barcelona. At uh, at 8-13, I'm pretty keen on Benfica being able to come here and avoid a home defeat. But perhaps what may be even a stronger lean is for both teams to find a net here in this game. This Benfica team are free-scoring, which is why I think they'll avoid a defeat. They've scored 13 goals across their last five games. The hosts have also scored in nine of their last ten home Champions League games, whereas Barca come into this having conceded in five of their last seven. So I think this could be a problematic game here for Koeman's men. I like Benfica to not get beaten at home here in this one. Uh, although that will be bad for our futures plays, I do think that Barca, despite the fact they could start this this competition with perhaps just one point or even no points from their first two, will be able to turn that around by winning their two home games and uh, and picking up something away from home in their other group game away to Dynamo Kiev. So I don't think it'd be all over for Barca. Uh, for Barca. My preference would be here for Futures for them to pick up a point. Therefore, my stronger lean will be on both teams to score. But as I said, I like Benfica to avoid a defeat here at home. I think there's value on that at 8-13. Up next is Man United at home to Aston Villa, where Man United are the 4-7 favourites to win here against Villarreal, the team who beat them in last year's Europa League final. is 10-3 on the draw, and it's 21-4 here on Villarreal. This one's quite simple for me, really. I, I can't really get off the, the trend where Man United continue to be on games where they concede, concede goals. I think both teams will score here in this game. That one is available at 4-5. to five. This United team have kept just one clean sheet this season in all competitions. So across their Premier League games, they have conceded in all but one of their six games. And then in their two games in other competitions where they exit the Carabao Cup. And then there's two games against Young Boys. I don't see nothing changing here at Old Trafford. There's even good supporting data here that Man United might not win this game, which would put them in trouble in the Champions League. That being that Villarreal are unbeaten within 90 minutes in all eight games this season. In that time, they've actually held Chelsea, which was in the um, the Super League final. Um, you've got Atalanta, Real Madrid and Atletico all been held to draws. Four of the last five meetings between these two teams, but you'd have to go way back, have finished nil-nil. I don't think we're getting a nil-nil tomorrow. Hopefully we're not, because I'll be going to this game with my son. And uh, Villarreal are actually not only unbeaten in the last eight in all games this season, but they carry a European record of being unbeaten in 16 games, while United have lost four of their last five in this competition. But United travel poorly in this competition. At home at Old Trafford, they should be a different kettle of fish. While I do think they concede, they should be winning this game. Well, they have to win this game. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, after signing Ronaldo and all that good feeling, is suddenly under pressure with three defeats in the last four. And some of them are completely unacceptable. I mean, we all looked at the excuses for the young boys' defeat. 
Man United were down to 10 men and obviously the late goal was due to a freak bad back pass from Jesse Lingard. But Man United managed to turn that around. It was Lingard, ironically, that made up for its own mistake by scoring the winner against West Ham. And then Man United saved that penalty in the 94th minute. And it looked like, hey... This is what champions do. They win ugly. They, they, they score late goals. They save late penalties. There was still that good feeling around Man United. There was still the feeling that they would overturn that result against young boys. They would still come to the Champions League and pick up enough points to not only qualify, but to win this group. It just looked like young boys were a little bit more feisty and they would represent a tough away trip to the others in this group. That was the main takeaway. It wouldn't be so easy for Atalanta and Villarreal to play their games against young boys. And then came that defeat uh, home to West Ham, where you saw that we can't rely on the rest of our squad. When you bring in the, these players who are supposed to provide us with squad depth and they lose at home to West Ham uh, without scoring, that worries you about the state of the squad. And then what was the most worrying was not the loss at home to Aston Villa, because we did have an opportunity to to take a penalty at the end of the game and equalise. Not that we should be drawing against Aston Villa. Uh, and also the goal was offside, no matter what people say, say about it. Um, David De Gea was impeded by uh, by another player, by, uh, I believe it was Ollie Watkins, before he could get his hands on the header. So it was an offside goal. But despite all of that, Man United, when they play against Aston Villa, if you're going to be title contenders, you don't complain about a late offside goal. You should be winning by the 88th minute. You don't complain about Bruno Fernandes missing a penalty or use that as an excuse because you shouldn't need an equaliser in the 90th minute. You should have won this game against Aston Villa before that. But instead, we rode our luck. Watch the highlights from that game. The most concerning factor is the fact that Aston Villa had more opportunities, more clear-cut opportunities to win that game than United did. It was just a very bad, very poor performance from a manager that I don't think has the tactical know-how and nous to win the Premier League or any other trophy. Now, Oligan and Solskjaer got us out of a hole. It looked like we were in a situation with Mourinho where... We were in the worst state we'd been since Alex Ferguson left, and that includes when David Moyes was in charge. But the bottom line is, is that we don't know if Mourinho would have done any better that season because it's not like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer went to, went on to win any trophies. We still missed out on the Champions League that year under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer because his good run quickly turned around after the Champions League exit. There was a euphoric feeling after Man United made that miracle comeback against Paris Saint-Germain and everybody were was asking for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to get the contract. But look at the end of that season. It was pretty, pretty poor. Under Mourinho, had we have had we have pretty much levelled out, and would we have had a stronger season and next season had Mourinho been properly funded? Is Jose Mourinho basically a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Still, even to this day, I think he probably is, and I certainly think when you're looking at the options that are available there of Antonio Conte or Zinazine Zidane. Zidane, I rate a lot lower than Conte. But in this particular situation, when you're looking at coming into a squad that has Varane, Pogba and Martial, I think perhaps Zinazine Zidane can get something out of these players. Plus a player that has previously managed Cristiano Ronaldo as well. So perhaps that should be the man that we're looking at. But I think the man that we have certainly isn't the man that we need. And it's highly possible, because this is the history of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, that he goes into this game 
and he turns it around and wins this game and wins against Everton at the weekend, which would be great because I'm away for three days and I will be travelling to both of these games. I will be staying in Manchester and I will be going to Manchester United Villarreal and I'll be going to Manchester United Everton and I never support against my own team, despite the fact that I do think it's time for this manager to go and the only way that we'll move forward and, and do that is if we have a unacceptably poor run of results and losing three out of four is bad but losing five out of six is worse or failing to win these next two games I think would be bad enough to see him go but I can never root for that as a supporter because I need us to continue to win but the downside of us winning these two games this weekend and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer maintaining his job for a little bit longer will be the fact that we will not win the Premier League this season. In fact, we won't compete for it under this manager and it will more than likely be another trophyless season. Give or take what we do in the FA Cup, we are not the Premier League winners and we definitely won't be the Champions League winners. In fact, if we don't win this game against Villarreal this week, we may struggle to even get out of these groups. So, it's very, very worrying for Man United here when you look at the, the body language of the players, you look at the performance, um, you look at some of the stuff that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was focusing on on his interview. I'm concerned and uh, I think the, the entire world of football will be interested to see particularly what Manchester United do in the next two games. Closing out with a lock here on this show, I'm going to continue to ride the under two and a half goals here for Chelsea. Every single Champions League game Chelsea have played under Thomas Tuchel has seen under two and a half goals. So I don't see what reason we have here to come off it. I understand that Juve have been involved in free scoring games and I understand that they concede all the time. And I'm not saying they won't concede here. I think Chelsea can go away to Juve and win. But being without Morata, even though he's a player that does miss a lot lot of opportunities and obviously there's a lot of... uh, gifts and jokes around Morata, particularly his performances at the Euro and um, without Dybala, who is clearly the most creative player in the Juve side. And he could be missing for a while. When you come off the pitch crying, that is concerning. But I think that takes a lot away from Juve. And I almost feel that means they have to come up here and set up a little bit more defensively. And Allegri, despite the fact we haven't seen it as of late, is a defensive manager at heart. And has historically been that. So I expect Juve to come up here and set up with a wall. Chelsea always set up with a wall and look for counter-attacking opportunities. So not only do we have the statistical data side of this, but the tactical side of this game tells me that we will be seeing under two and a half goals again. So lots of stuff to support this. The play is available here at four to five. And that game and that play, sorry, is going to be your lock here for this edition of the Champions League key game. Show So we've covered eight games here, but if you want to hear coverage of 16 games, every game here on Tuesday will be covered over at lockbetting.com. So we'll have a Tuesday Champions League show here for match day one, and then we'll have a Wednesday Champions League show as well. And of course, the Europa League is exclusively covered over at lockbetting.com. It is the same format as today's show, the same format as the European show, which by the way is on a red hot lock run. And I myself am on a unbelievable lock run here across my sports gambling podcast shows. I've landed the last seven locks that I've given out. So that doesn't just extend to soccer. Of course, last week we had the 9-0 Scamessa Italia with two locks on that. I had another Scamessa lock 
at the weekend. Um, two locks across the fight show. When you're looking at the, the UFC card with Valentina Shevchenko winning inside the distance. A lock from the Joshua fight at the weekend with the over nine and a half rounds. We absolutely dismantled that show when we looked at uh, Anthony Joshua losing that on points. We had the fight to go to distance. We had Usyk winning it. We said that he would be clearly ahead. It just needed to be far ahead enough to win on the match day cards. And of course, the lock was over nine and a half rounds. So solid podcast at the weekend with Jeff Cohen. And of course, the uh, EPL lock landed as well once again this weekend. So that was Everton, by the way. So very, very, very strong run with the locks. And we look to continue it here with this play on the under for Juve and Chelsea. That's it for me in this Champions League show. Good luck with all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.